0: Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson, and I hope that the month of May is going well for you. It has flown by for myself, and I, I feel like January was literally just like days ago. So I don't know how we got here, but we're here. And so because it is the month of May and I'm still on the trek to celebrate our mothers, especially mothers in music, today I wanted to showcase a very, very wonderful musician, a music mama, if you will. Her name is Tracy Perrin. And... Tracy has been a Music on the Move member for a very long time. She's played quite a few showcases with us, and I'm very excited to have her on the show today. So I'm going to get you started off with her song, Wreck My Ship, and I hope you enjoy it. This is Tracy Perrin.
1: (laughs) I don't know all the right things to say I don't know how I let you slip away And if I'm telling the truth All my roads lead back to you All my roads lead back to you The tides are turning. I'll be out on the ocean with a love to sustain you, and I will wreck my ship to save you. Welcome
0: to Paradox Jukebox, everyone. My name is Katie Thompson, and with me today I have Tracy Perrin. How are you, Tracy? I'm good. How are you, Katie? I am so good. I am so excited that we finally got Zoom to just behave and it's all going to be good from here out. It's going to be wonderful. Uh so, um I first of all, I want to talk really quickly about your single wreck my ship before we even get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff because I've been listening to it all morning and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I'm so here for this." It was so <laughs> it was such a good song you yeah Thank so so tell me about like write the writing process what it's about for you everything
2: okay yes so um wreck my ship was inspired by a drunk guy at an open mic on music row and oh, i was new to nashville <laughs> and it was one of those moments where you're like "Ooh, that's a really good line <laughs> you know And you go home and you're like so i was sort of inspired by that and I went home and I was you know writing and I kind of hit a wall Mm -hmm. and I knew like but it was just a really good idea and I didn't want to let go of it but I just didn't know like I hit a wall with it and so um I brought in a co-writer Jeremy Nash who was living in Nashville at the time he since has moved back to New York but um, we have a mutual friend and I just felt like he was the guy to mm-hmm. he was the one to finish the song I didn't know how or you know whatever but I brought it to him we worked on it and it came to fruition so sometimes the collaborative process is just what a song needs um and so yeah so there it is and i was able to record that with um producer alex wong here in nashville i'm going to be finishing out an ep project later this year with him and so wreck my ship will be sort of the the single for that project so yeah but yeah i'm super excited about it i'm really proud of it and um yeah so
0: oh i'm so excited yay new music Yes. So so when you release it, you have to let Aaron and I know because we now have playlists on Spotify. And okay. so we want to put you on our playlist. And then I can also do some extra promo on on the podcast. Maybe we can throw in another one of your songs on an episode or something.
2: Fantastic. That would be great. Thank you.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so here for it. And okay, this couldn't even be more perfect. I was running an open mic night last night. Uh-huh. And it was literally Drunk douchebag night.
2: I <laughs> love it.
0: I don't know what was in the water, but they were coming out of the woodwork, and yeah, so now hard. this just the, uh, this just really ties it all together. It was, oh, thank you so much.
2: Were they were they just spectating, or were they part of the like performing at the open mic? Uh,
0: it, it was day. it was a bit of both. Oh no. Yep, it was a bit of both. So, uh bless this this one guy. I'm not going to name names or anything, but bless his heart, he came up on stage. He's like, "I'm a drummer." I'm like, "Okay." And then he starts playing and the thing is, it's like he started off and he was actually pretty good, but then he kept drinking and he progressively got worse and
1: worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so by the end of the night, luckily I had a couple of buddies that were in the bar and they were like, "Hey Katie, I'll play drums." They don't play drums. <laughs> They're like, but I'll play drums. I'm like, yeah, you will play drums. Just give yeah. me a boom cat. Boom. Okay. cat. <laughs> the
2: basics, it's anything yes. to take this guy off the stage. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So I thank you. I now I feel seen with this song.
2: <laughs> the rite of passage, you know? At some it, point. Oh, I mean, it is. Tonight,
0: so. It is. Oh my gosh. I have so many bad open mic night stories though. Like, I feel like if you're a musician and you don't have one, you haven't quite paid your dues yet.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: That's real. the first
2: open mic I went to in Nashville. So there was um, this great venue for that that was here forever, and it's closed in like the last two years. Um, called Douglas Corner Cafe. I don't know if yeah. you were there. Yeah. So they would have like this legendary, epic open mic and. Um, you sort of call in between certain hours on the day and then you'd never know like when you're going to be in the lineup. So the first time that I went there, I was like, like last and like the last group. And I had no idea like how many people, and I think it was like one or two in the morning and there was nobody there. And I was like, hell or high water. I have been sitting here for seven hours and I'm singing. And I was just singing into like empty chairs on tables.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
2: I was like, I have, like, been here, I have dug in, and I am singing. Wow. Yeah, that was definitely a, yeah, a marathon that night.
0: You were there for, like, were you actually there for seven hours?
2: Yeah, because you have to get there, like, at, like, six or something, and then you, you know, you see where you are, like, in the list. And I didn't really know, like, how it would go, and they do four people at a time. And um, so, yeah, I was, like, I don't know, 48, like, it was it was a really long night. So it was between one and two in the morning when oh they, you know, they finish out everybody. And some people give up and leave, right. you know, and then like you can move up, but like not, not a ton of people. Usually, you know, people are coming through. It's their first time in Nashville and they're like, I'm going to sing in Nashville, you know, mm-hmm. so they hang out. But I was definitely like singing to the people, like wiping down the tables.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. I good on you, girl. I think I would have tapped out long before then.
2: Yeah, no, I yeah. In subsequent years and things like that, I would kind of, you know, if it was really gonna because, you know, I have the time I had a 15 month old. Mm -hmm. So who was up at 530 every day. (sighs)
1: So,
2: um, you know, I just sort of like, okay, like, I'll just see how it is and then play it by ear. But it was a good night. Like, you definitely can, you know, hear some great people, make some great, you know, connections. And I met some co writers and stuff that way. So it was definitely worth hanging out and listening to people, you know, most of the time. And then I was like, okay, if like it's, if I'm the only one and it's clear that this is not going to happen, I'm just going to call
0: it a night so yeah well i'm glad it was worth it and well and see and that's that's nashville for you you have to wait around for your chance on stage but in the in the meantime if you're making the most of it and you're networking then you're doing your job exactly Exactly. yeah well good for you you. um okay so so we've talked a bit about the single and we've talked about you know amazing (laughs) open mic night stories um but so you were originally from los angeles right born
2: and raised yep
0: Wow, that's cool. Okay, so can you talk about what what differences you have seen between the Los Angeles music, you know, industry and then the Nashville music industry? What are some of the like the key differences that you've noticed?
2: Sure. Well, I would say that I got a pretty late start relatively speaking for um for entertainment or music. Um, So I didn't really start with my songwriting and really getting serious about it till we moved back from New York. My husband and I had lived in New York for about six years. And we both were from L.A., so we moved back there. Um, And at that point, I was like, I think I really want to see what I can do with this or whatnot. Um, And so I felt like coming into it, you know, I think the one of the big differences LA is an entertainment city and at least Nashville is more just really music focused. I mean, we have other things going on, but really the main difference is sort of the distraction of all the different things going on in entertainment versus just really focusing on music. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really felt really lost in the shuffle in LA when I decided to sort of see where songwriting and music would go for me and and also really still figuring out myself as an artist and as a songwriter what my perspective that was all starting for me when we moved back to la um and i hadn't lived there since i left which was in at the end of high school so i went to college in boston and then i sort of stayed on the east coast um uh, so i'd been away for almost 10 years uh and so figuring all of that out uh, was definitely difficult for me. Um, you have a, when you have a lot of people in music in LA, I feel like they're also trying to create a buzz and do their thing. And I, I felt like it was very much about the buzz and not necessarily about the person or the the artist or what's going on. And, um, that's just not for me, that was really hard to navigate. It's not authentic for me to be, I'm not a schmoozer. I'm not very yeah. good at that kind of thing. Um, and I understand the value of it. It just, for me, I wasn't ready to, to be at that level yet. And I really was still developing my craft and I wasn't finding it to be um, where I felt I needed to be for that. Yeah. And then on top of that, when I had my son, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <it's not laughs> necessarily. Like, you know, you have this, Taking clock how, is how I felt about it. Is that once you hit a certain age, you're like irrelevant. You know, um, you have to like get all this momentum by a certain point. Otherwise, it felt like there's no hope for you, and that was really stressful for me because I had other goals that I wanted as far as a family, and it was hard to figure out how to bridge all of those things in Los Angeles. Um, luckily, I did find a great songwriting. Um, like I came sort of like a workshop junkie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, because it was small groups and it was people that I could really actually connect with on a deeper level that was, um, you know, difficult to do just by going about your day. Um, And so I really did a lot of those because I felt like that was a good community and I really developed a lot and I grew a lot in my songwriting in those small groups. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Nashville is just can be perpetually like finding those pockets much easier um, than L.A. seemed to be for me in my experience there. So um, I think that really brought me a long way. It kept encouraging me um, to kind of take a little next step in a different direction in music um, from the people I met in those small groups.
0: That's awesome. I agree with you. Uh, Nashville is great for those, those small pockets of people. And there's millions of pockets of people that you can, you know, find yourself in. And uh, that's, that's actually how I came to Nashville, too. I ended up going to a writer's retreat. So And then I met uh, Jenny Teeter. And we became roommates. Oh, cool. Yep. And so that's yeah. – that, yeah. So it's it, – I, I agree. I think – you know what? I also think that it's smart to – I mean, think about it. LA is huge, right? There's millions of people there. I can – Completely understand why you would have felt lost. I mean, I've I've been to to L. A. before, and it just for me it was super overwhelming just to visit. Right. You know, I couldn't imagine trying to to really find a place that felt super authentic to me, and just you know, I, I don't know. I because I I guess maybe because I'm used to that the The Nashville Southern you know kind of vibe, and everybody's just super chill and really you know happy go lucky um I don't think that I would fit very well in l a but i I absolutely one hundred percent agree that it is really important to find those small pockets of people so that you don't feel a overwhelmed, but also b you get you get a little bit more of an intimate experience,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
0: so I- yeah, for sure um so how did you how did you come from l a to Nashville? What happened there? How did you make that move
2: so um so like in after college i went i moved to New York and then um my husband and I collectively were sort of hit a wall in New York. We were exhausted like at twenty five and um, <laughs> and, um and so we moved back to LA, both of our families are from there. Um, and so as I kind of was taking more steps in music and I just, I was never able to feel like I could put it away and move on to other things in my world. I didn't know what ha- would happen with music or where that would really fit in my life, but um, I just really felt the need to figure out my next steps. And simultaneously we were wanting to start a family and again, figuring out like, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had a really good friend from college that grew up here and that lived here. And I'd visited her in the years prior before Nashville was like the buzzy place and like the it place to be. Um, and I remember the first time I visited her, I was like, I could never live here. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, you know, this is music row. This is it. Like I expected all like so much more. I don't know really why, but um, I was like, okay, I don't really, I don't think this is my jam. And then... Um, I, you know, kind of kept growing and then I came back and I was like, okay, it's kind of a little bit different. And then I was trying to figure out if we were going to move somewhere where it was more conducive to keeping music going, having a family affordability, those kinds of things. There was a very short list Mm -hmm. and it seemed like Nashville really checked off a lot of boxes for my husband and I both creatively, but also where we were in our family life and, um, and affordability. And the opportunity to, you know, get out of our little condo in LA and, and kind of branch out and also center on our creative endeavors. And so, um, I actually was really looking at Seattle as well. I love the Pacific Northwest. That was, Mm -hmm. my husband was not about the weather. So, um, so I came out here, I drove out here, drove myself out here when I was five months pregnant from LA, which everyone was like, don't do it. I was like, "Wow." so yeah, so I drove out here and I spent like a month just, playing writers rounds and open mics and trying to like figure out what the community looked like um, and if it was going to be a good fit for us and for me to really develop my craft and really find a community and move forward. Um, And so uh, my husband flew out here and joined me. We spent a little time and then we drove back uh, together. Um, And then we kind of like, yeah, we just, decided like nashville seems to be checking off all those boxes for where we're headed in our family and between that decision and actually getting here was about two years because i wanted my son to have some time you know his first year and the grandparents and everything and then we um we sold our condo in la and we moved here with no jobs and a 15-month-old and,
1: <laughs> no yeah. and uh <laughs> It was like
2: rethinking that decision about four or five months in, like what have we done to our lives? And we, we really, truly started over, like really, really, truly started over. And it was not easy. It, it sucked for a long time. I'm not going to mm. lie. Um, and we have really clawed and scraped and tried, you know, figured out and carved out a life here that was not what we anticipated um but you know we've really again found our people and i think that really goes a long way and that took a while it took some time but um yeah it's here we are
0: so wow y'all are a bunch of brave souls
2: oh yeah i don't think we would rinse and repeat <laughs> so we got a better plan i thought we like we're not spontaneous people so i thought like we had it all mapped out but it was the reality was very different
0: sure Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, uprooting your life and and kind of, you know, like you said, carving out a new path that there's always going to be curveballs that get thrown at you. So, well, that's that's incredible. So how old is your son now?
2: So he's nine.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So tell me tell me what it's like. Like, so you have you have a business as a realtor, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're a realtor, you're a musician, you're a mom, you're a wife. Can you talk about the balance that you need to make your life
1: work?
2: So balance is something I'm still striving for, to be honest with you. Um I mean, I'll be honest, most days I don't feel like I make it all work. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's always something I'm sacrificing. There's always somebody I'm letting down, whether it's myself, whether it's my family or my music or just something is giving. Um, And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I get tired, you know, (laughs) A a lot of moving parts, a lot of people to serve and finding time for like reflection and self care enough to still be creative. I would say that I, um i'm just now in a season where i am starting to say no and more than i say yes and I think I got into, I think when you're a mom, there's a lot of pressure, especially a working mom. There's a lot of pressure to like be perfect, honestly, and to make sure that everyone is okay in your world. And as a business professional, especially in real estate, especially in real estate in Nashville,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: like have to be on it all the time. And you have to be there for people emotionally and a lot of things. So um and I'm a caregiver by nature. And so I always wanted to make sure that everyone was okay in my world and I wasn't really, you know, taking care of myself in the process. Um and I I was wearing like being a yes person as a badge of honor in some way or like being able to like be the leader of all the things as like, you know, or being exhausted all the time as like, oh, I'm doing so much. I'm awesome. <laughs> and I'm not in that season anymore. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a season of, it's okay to say no, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, and it doesn't mean that people won't look up to you, and it doesn't mean that you're not there for other people. Um, it just means that you're prioritizing what is important in your life, and you are filling those buckets, and you're choosing to do that. And so um, I think I took on too much in the last two years, and I, I hit a, a place mentally, and emotionally, and physically, um, that I just had to like, there was no other choice than to let some things go, mm-hmm. and um, and so, and because of that, those priorities that I was, you know, leaning into, thinking that I had to lean into, there wasn't a lot of space for music and creativity, and I wasn't feeding my soul. So, I am making choices every day to make sure that the things that are important to me right now in my season are the things that I'm really cur- creating space for and not feeling guilty about that and that's a, that's a lot of growth for me. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It's
2: very hard for me. So, it's a daily practice, daily choice. Looking back at how
1: I'm loved and who I've lost. You fragile eyes on the first I come across.
0: you're you're absolutely right. I I have a a very hard time saying no myself. And 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 I do not have a spouse. I do not have children. So the fact that you have all of these things going on and you felt the need that, you know, at one point in that season of yes as it were that you just felt the need to say yes to everything I have absolutely been there and there are times when I feel that that is really good thing to go through. I, I feel that sometimes when you're saying yes to as much as you can, you can find yourself in a really big period of growth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then it gets to the point where it's a little too much growth and there's and and then projects start to suffer, relationships start to suffer because you are so spread thin. Right. And it's really
2: I'm sorry to interrupt but I think no, it's, please. like it depends on so if it's saying yes to the things that you have prioritized as like these are the things i'm leaning into instead of like all of the other things you know that distract because i i don't know i think when you show up consistently and assert yourself as like someone who shows up consistently and you know has leadership qualities or whatever people ask you to do things and they mm-hmm. ask you to lead things and be in charge of things. And I would always say yes to those things but I knew it wasn't the things that I always wanted to be prioritizing or focus on. And so if I'm going to now say yes to something, it has to be like family related business related for real estate. And that's going to, and I'm going to have growth in that way or music. Like mm-hmm. those are the things that like, I'm going to say more yeses to than no's because those are the things that I'm prioritizing in my world because I know that those are the things that, Feed my soul and contribute to my, my bigger goals in my life. All of the other things like have to be really important or specific for me to consider saying yes to. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, there's only so many hours in the day and I know that I only have so much emotional, physical capacity, <laughs> Right. Let's do those things well because it's important to me to I have integrity in the things that I want to do, and I want to be able to do things well and um, you know and my time is valuable. and that's another thing to declare as musicians, right? Yes. as well. Um, yes. And in real estate is like, yes, my time is valuable. And it's okay to like be discerning about how I spend that time and who I'm giving it to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, and a lot of times musicians get into this into this phase where there's so many other musicians who are going, Hey, I want you this for for this project, or hey, can you do this project? And then you have to kind of also prioritize that part of music as well. It's like, okay, so there's a lot of things I could say yes to in my music career right now, but which ones should take priority? Mm -hmm. And so for you, for example, this EP that you're working on. That's your priority. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if and I'm sure that if you get opportunities to, you know, do go doing performances and things like that, you know, you'll say yes to them. But as long as they're still feeding your soul and as long as it's not going to, you know, take your attention away too much from those other priorities, that's that's where I'm struggling right now Mm -hmm. myself as I have so many projects going on with Music on the Move and Paradox Shootbox. And then I have my own band, you know, here in Ohio. Amazing. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's a lot. And, you know, just a couple days ago, I was at another open mic night with a friend and he's, he was introducing me and being very kind. And he said, you know, you live a pretty cool life, don't you? And I just thought, you know what? I think anybody who is able to live their life in music is living a really cool life.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. So I want to know because I have I have nephews and I know what they feel about their mom and I singing and being musicians. But how does your son view you as a musician? Is he like super cool and all about it or is he like, yeah, whatever?
2: No, he's my biggest fan. He is just my sidekick in that, um, you know, I mean, again, like he's in the, from in the womb, he's just heard me sing and play and, and things like that. And I, I, you know, I don't know if he has the same affinity to, he likes to express himself, but he, he sort of has a lot of fear around performing and Um, He doesn't like to be watched in a really formal setting at all, you know, and his, both of his parents are performers. So it's really interesting, (laughs) you know, but he loves to sing and he loves to like, he loves music and, and things like that. So I feel very proud that he, he's my biggest fan. He loves to be, you know, supporting me and encouraging me and gives me feedback and he sings along to my songs, you know, because I think that, you know, when he was smaller, the moments that I would really have to would like during bath time, I'm practicing working out songs, sitting there watching, you know, while he's in the bath or like making dinner, you know, I have my guitar on and I'm stirring the mac and cheese and I'm like, working <laughs> out, you know, or I'm rehearsing in the living room or whatever it is. So he's sort of seen these different moments and, um, and come to some, you know, live performances and stuff. And so I think he's, he encourages me a lot. So yeah.
0: That is beautiful. I love it. So is your husband a musician too?
2: No. So he's um he actually makes artists in jewelry. But um he his background is in dance and performance. So he actually went to NYU for classical ballet and modern dance. Wow. So he was a dancer his whole you know, up until professionally up until like his early twenties and he had a, a severe injury that he just couldn't continue to dance full time professionally. So he went into fashion.
1: wow. Um,
2: Yeah, so, but he, we met actually in high school show choir. What? (laughs) So, uh, so he, he, yeah, so he's a, he's a beautiful, brilliant performer, but I wouldn't say a musician.
0: Okay. Wow. That is incredible. So can you tell me a little bit about his jewelry design? I'm super intrigued.
2: Okay. So he hand makes, um, he sculpts in precious metal clay, which is like a type of clay that has like bronze or silver or something in it. So he hand sculpts settings and um, different pieces. Um, And then he fires it in a kiln and it burns off the clay and leaves the solid bronze or the sterling silver. And then he sets like semi-precious stones um, in those, so rings and bracelets and necklaces and earrings. Um, And then he sometimes incorporates beadwork um, on a loom for that as well.
0: Wow. That is awesome.
2: And honestly, it was born out of us moving to Nashville with no job. He He left a really good job um, at Disney. He was um, a designer at Disney Consumer Products, so graphic design and um, children's apparel. And so he, you know, left that job to move with me here to Nashville and without any, you know, solid plans for work. Um, And so it was born out of, like, what skill sets do I have and what, you know, what kind of calls to my soul. And so he just sort of has started that here when we moved here and he's grown it, um, you know, and has beautiful collections. So, yeah.
0: Wow. This is amazing. (laughs) That is so cool. Wow. That's I, my mind is just blown. So uh you'll have to give me a link so that I can include it in the show notes so that people can go and, and look at his jewelry. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice.
0: Wow. Cool. Well, girl, it just sounds like, it just sounds like you and your husband are the best at literally just winging it and, like finding your footing i mean there there are some people who can't do that,
2: yeah, well, you know, I would I- tell you that i I consider myself very risk averse so I don't know why I, <laughs> <doing> <laughs> my thing. I wouldn't say give me peace of mind at you know at at night or whatever, but
0: it <laughs> seems to be
2: you know where we're at and what we keep moving forward with. I don't know it's we must be crazy. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think you know, crazy creative, and just I, I love, I love that the both of you are so supportive of each other in pursuing your art. Yeah. That is huge because you know, as a musician, it's not easy to find somebody who can be super supportive of your art. True, that yeah. those people are unicorns.
2: Yeah, I think we left we've left out for
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. So does your husband, like, does he, does he like to come to your performances and, you know, and like, was he actually, was he at that Britney Spears?
2: No, he was actually out of town. So he travels um, to wholesale markets a lot for his jewelry.
0: Gotcha.
1: So
2: he was out of town, but he did come to the Paramore one. Cool. Yeah. We don't often... Like, we have to divide and conquer a lot because of childcare. You know, it's hard to find good childcare. Yeah. Uh, So, he doesn't always get to come to performances. So, it is the rarity that he is there, but he was able to attend the Paramore one. Yeah. That's awesome. Super fun. So,
0: oh, good. That's cool. Has he been able to make it to any of the regular Music on the Move showcases yet?
2: Yeah, he did attend. Oh yeah, so he came to the one in last year that I did, I guess in May, and
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: then he was at um, the Exit in show as well. That um, when I was one of the openers for Fame and Fiction, yeah, in July, yeah. and then where did we go? I think that's the only one. I went to another one, Music on the Move, the and, um, analog was that last. Movie? When was that? I
0: can't yeah, um, that was, I was really good. I was playing that one. When was yeah. that? I, when was, was it, I don't know if was it, it was 2022 or that in 2021. I know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was playing drums and we had the daily fair.
2: Evie Ivy.
0: And Evie Ivy. Yep. And, and Meg Evie. Williams was playing guitar.
2: Yes. I'm picturing the stage right now. Right. Like, same. <laughs> I don't know what time of, of year it was. <laughs> oh,
0: that's okay. Um, so do you have a, uh, do you have any performances coming up soon?
2: Not terribly soon. Um, I booked a night, like a writer's night, um, but it's not till September. And that's at um, the local.
1: Oh, yeah. Cool.
2: Like a female. I think they do it twice monthly, um, all female. Um, I would like to book a more full band show just to test out some of this material that I'm hoping to record in October. I really need Mm -hmm. to get like on stage with all the instruments and sort of like see how it goes, yeah, so I'm hoping to do that in maybe June or July, so I'm actually I've got to get on that <laughs> maybe yeah you know, look. um, so that would be, yeah, that's kind of what I'm yeah hoping to do,
0: awesome, yeah, awesome. um, so I hopefully, without giving too much away about the new e p, can you talk a little bit about what some of that music is going to sound like?
2: Oh. I mean, it's still sort of formulating. Okay. Um, so the title, I had this idea probably seven or eight years ago. Like the title of it popped into my head. It's called The Clearing. Okay. And so it, and I, I've written the the title track, also called Clearing, obviously. Um, and the whole concept of the EP is about um, – just sort of embracing all the muck, like going through and really seeking out perspective on the things that you've been through um, and really figuring out what you feel about it. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you're not on the other side yet, but just sort of like going through it and really clearing out the clutter so that you can actually be moving towards where you're supposed to be and what your purpose is. And I, it's an ongoing journey, of course. And so, but it's kind of reflective of the different aspects of my life and relationships um, that I've had to really go through um, and get clarity on um, or go through the pain of, um, you know, of all of that in order to figure out what I want, who I am and where I'm going. Um, And so that's kind of the concept of the EP. So as far as how it'll sound, and I don't know, I'm not sure yet. But um, but what I love about working with Alex Wong is that it's so organic of a process. It's not like going in and saying that, okay, so do you want drums, piano, like what do you want on the track? That's not where we start. We start with like words um, on a chalkboard wall of what do you want people to feel? What textures, what emotions do you want to come out in this song? And then what are the elements or instruments that we need to, you know, make that happen with the song? So um, I love that because it's not just like, we have two days, we're going to bang it out. It's like, we're going to take time or take space to kind of let it evolve and have the opportunity to change my mind. If it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a, it can be really stressful, especially when you're on, you know, a budget or a time constraint with a record, you kind of feel like you have to get it done so quickly and you don't have time to sit with it and see what you think and then do it differently, you know? And right. so I'm looking forward to having that space to sort of maybe not have it all figured out going in, but let that process evolve over the course of, you know, of the time recording.
0: I think that's really interesting that you guys talk about the like the feelings and the textures that you wanna see come to fruition within the song before you really go, okay, we want this, this, and this and this. I think that's a really unique approach. And I I think you're right, you know, if if you were like on a record deal or something, they'd be like, okay, you have two days, go knock out, you know, like seven songs or something like that. It would feel rush. It would feel probably not as authentic as you would want it to be because you're just trying to grind for the machine. Right. So I, I think that that's a really awesome and also super intuitive process so that you can really make the best choice for the textures and the colors and the instruments that you want. So now I'm even more excited about this (laughs) EP. (laughs)
2: Well, I mean the first EP that I did um, right after musicians Institute um. I had like a day to do like five songs Ooh. and we like live tracked everything so there wasn't like room for like margins of error or like you know and you're feeling like nervous to make people do it too many times right <laughs> you know because you like gotta move on and everything so even though there are things that i would have wanted to listen back and really work on or change or like talk about it was like here's who the people are that were brought in they learned your songs go you know, and don't mess up. And so, um, and that's what I could afford at the time. Yeah. So there it is. Um, and so I want to, you know, do it differently this time around. I've waited a long time to get this together. And so, um, it's something that I'm, I'm very excited to have the opportunity and space to be able to do it differently.
0: That's wonderful. I'm so very happy for you. Thank you. Because that's definitely, that's not the narrative that a lot of artists get. So it, I'm I'm always so happy for artists that you know, when they have the time to really put all of their thought and effort into this, you know, the record that they're working on. And they know that because they have that time and space, it's going to be the best possible product. Yeah. You know, because nobody, nobody likes going into the studio and hammering out a song and then just being like, man, this really fell flat. It's not anything that I want it to be. And then you just paid all of that money for it. Oh, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking.
2: The other great thing is now that I've been in Nashville, almost eight years, um, is I have like people that like I have in mind to like contribute, you know, to this um, that I'm excited, you know, to, that I love and admire their work as an artist and either uh, collaborating as a co-writer or like playing an instrument on it, or I just have all these like things swirling around in my mind. And luckily, even like in real estate, there's a lot of musicians in real estate.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: so, like, even just in my office, I've got like such great, and I have clients that are now like co-writers. <laughs> You know, um, like there's definitely one new song. A newest song is a uh, um, co-written with a, a client of mine and who's also a great like songwriter and artist in and of himself. So um, so that's also exciting is I have all these players now that, um, you know, can that I'm excited to work with. So
0: look at you using real, real estate to network for your album. I love it.
2: I mean, yeah. So um, it's where I spend so much of my time, if I'm not you know at home or doing music, it's um in, you know working real estate. So um, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Good for you. I, I'm so excited for for this upcoming EP, and I cannot wait to share it with everybody. Um, but if you could tell tell all of our listeners before we get uh, about wrapped up here, tell all of our listeners where we can find you and your music.
2: Okay, so uh, I'm, I think primarily Instagram, so at Tracy Perrin Music, and I'm Tracy with two E's and Perrin with two R's. And then I also am on that um, with Facebook, but I think I keep up now more. I'm trying to be more focused and in, in the socials. It's not my forte. I'm working on it. Hang out with me. But, um, so primarily Instagram, Tracy Paran Music. Um, I do have some of my past work and everything on Bandcamp or, um, if someone wants to take a listen or download some of my prior music, um, that's definitely there. And I, I think that's, I think that's it. I'm going to be reading, doing by the website at some point in this year but that's not really the best place to keep up with me so mostly Instagram
0: cool all right well links will be in the show notes so that everybody can go follow you on Instagram so Tracy thank you so much for for coming on to the show and talking about your music and talking about being a mom so a happy Mother's Day
2: thank you I appreciate you so much Katie thanks so much for having me
0: absolutely Tell me
1: what it will take to make it
0: that song tracy thank you so much for being so sweet and coming onto the show and talking about what it's like to be a mom and your music and i just i think the world of you you're a fantastic human so make sure that you check out tracy Perrin's music links are in the show notes and we will absolutely see you next time my friends and remember keep celebrating your mothers okay their job is year-round your job might not always be year-round your job might even be seasonal theirs is not so just always remember it's important to thank your mama tell her you love her buy her some flowers even when it's not mother's day do something for her when it's just it's not a national holiday thanks everybody we'll see you soon Deciding to make the move to a new city to pursue your dream of a career in music can be incredibly daunting and intimidating. That's why New Roots was created, a hands-on mentorship program based in Nashville, Tennessee for female artists who are ready to dive in and launch their music careers. During New Roots' three-day events, each artist gets the unique opportunity to record with a Grammy-winning producer, ask questions, and learn from industry pros, co-write songs, work with a celebrity stylist and photographer, perform in a traditional Nashville Writers' Round, and most importantly, feel empowered to take charge of their career. The next event is coming up June 16th through 19th in Nashville, Tennessee, and spots are limited, so head to wearenewroots.com to fill out the free application. Links are in the show notes.